The Essential Services Commission is Victoria's independent regulator in the electricity and gas, water, local government and transport sectors. We promote the long-term interests of consumers in regulating the price, quality and reliability of essential services. Our people are thought leaders who work in a dynamic and collaborative environment, making a positive difference to the lives of all Victorians. John Hamill was appointed CEO of the Essential Services Commission in February 2016 and has strong public sector experience, particularly in strategic microeconomic analysis, budget management, organisational performance and policy development. And if that wasn't enough, John also has a PhD in English literature. So welcome, John. Thanks, Kate. So from PhD in English literature to CEO of the Essential Services Commission, describe that journey for us. I think the short version of that is the long and winding road, Kate. Um, so I started out um, doing a PhD in English literature and um, I think there were no jobs in English departments in the late 90s as uh, they were in the middle of a culture war and such. Um, and so I got a job in the public service and basically I followed my nose in terms of things that interested me about the public service, um, starting in public law and law reform and things like legal aid, going into the justice sector and working on uh, strategic issues in relation to things like prison build and infrastructure, which led me to my first job in economic regulation, um, which uh, was all about leading people, um, dealing with complicated issues associated with things like infrastructure in relation to telecommunications, electricity networks, dairy, airports, and all sorts of interesting things. Absolutely. So when we talk about, you know, from English literature to what you're doing now, you basically went straight into economic policy and, and essential services by the sounds of it. Well, I, I kind of did a, quite a bit of policy around law and administrative law. Um, I also, actually, I missed out a whole bit of my career. Go on then. <laughs> I, Tell me. I actually started in education. Oh, there you go. It's, I blinked it out, probably, <laughs> because of the trauma, maybe. No, not really. And I started in qualifications area, actually, because huh. um, they were interested in my sort of background in universities because I had done some lecturing at the university, so I got a job at what's called the New Zealand Qualifications Authority, um, which is like there's a similar thing in Australia. Um, and I was doing policy, working in the office of the chief executive for about three or four years. And then I got a job in the Ministry of Justice. So I went from education, justice, infrastructure, economic regulation. So what attracted you to the role of CEO at the Essential Services Commission? Well, I've been working in New Zealand in, uh, in the economic regulation area, um, essentially running with the network regulation part of the Commerce Commission in New Zealand, which is a bit like the ACCC here. Um, and it's the part that deals with pricing of monopolies and the price and quality of services. And I basically led a project um, establishing a new regulatory regime for energy and for um, telecommunications and airports and a number of other sectors. Um, and I was thinking about my next career. I got promoted to a general manager. Uh, I was looking around New Zealand and I had my own list of cities I'd like to go and live. And um, I think Melbourne was first on my list. Um, of course. <laughs> Sydney was next on my list and Auckland was third. It's very unpatriotic of me. <laughs> um, and uh, and I um, saw this job coming up and the Central Services Commission of Victoria was the opportunity of getting my first gig as a CEO. Nice step up into a CEO role, but lots of overlap with the work I'd already been doing in New Zealand. And I had met the chair of the Central Services Commission of the time, Ron Ben-David, at various conferences in 
over the years and thought he would be lots of fun to work with. So I kind of applied for the job and and got it, which was uh, really exciting. So that was February 2016. It was indeed. Since then, how has the role um, fitted your expectations or met or exceeded your expectations? Well, I think it's probably fair to say that every year is completely different in the role that I've taken. It's been a real evolution for the organisation. So in terms of what it's meant for me, I've been learning how to be a CEO on the job, which has been lots of fun and really interesting and challenging. Um, we've had a lot of opportunity to grow as an organisation. So we've grown from an organisation of about 90 to 150, 160-odd of my time, which is all about taking on new functions and roles of a range of, range of kind of roles, which uh, has meant that every year has been different. Every year we need to adapt um, to take on these new roles, grow, um, think about how to change our structure to deliver on changing expectations, whether it's getting uh, stronger enforcement capacity, which is sort of capability, which has been the thing of the last couple of years, um, or regulating a new sector like implementing rate capping or changing the way we price water. It's just like variety is the name of the game. Spice of life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so describe your leadership style to us, John. Well, I kind of have three words um, that are kind of my anchor as a CEO. Um, one of them is about people, um, music and ideas. So those are the three things that I hold on to from a leadership perspective. Um, the people thing is because in the, in the work that I've done, which is all about knowledge and working with people and working with highly skilled people, if we don't look after our people, then it's a waste of time. So for me, looking after the people is the first thing. Um, ideas drive me. I'm really interested in the way in which the ideas of what we're trying to achieve, our purpose, looking after the long-term interests of consumers, um, shapes our thinking and how we can create a consistent and well-thought-through approach. Um, and music, well, in addition to doing English literature, I also did music and I was a performer, a performance student in violin at university. Um, music represents about, uh, something about high performance and focus and there's nothing like getting on stage in front of a large audience and uh, delivering that really focuses the mind. Um, and for me, organisations need to deliver on performance and another part of the music is practising. So every day we need to think about how to practice and get better. So the concepts around music really um, help me think about how to drive performance in organisations. Mm, great. And what does the day in the life of a CEO entail? And I know there is no one day, but... It depends which day. Mm-hmm. It depends what news media is ringing out <laughs> to talk to us about. It depends on what we put out last week. Um, for me, though... Um, my week, in a, in a more normal sense of the word, will start with uh, catching up with my executive team, uh, looking forward to the week, figuring out what our priorities are. So we have a huddle first thing in the week. Then we have our executive team meeting and we'll look, talk about things like policy and, and key operational issues. Um, and throughout my week, there'll be catch-ups and coaching sessions with my, my key staff. Um, we'll have commission meetings where I'm contributing to um, the decisions that the commission's making. There may be a board meeting. Um, and then throughout all of that, there'll be um, littered a range of stakeholder engagement meetings if I'm involved in some key projects as a sponsor or uh, needing to represent the organisation on the media. Um, I'll be talking to key stakeholders about issues or talking to journalists or 
um, talking to key stakeholders in government about things we're concerned about or wanting to keep people informed about, about the nature of our work. So that takes up a lot of my week. I can imagine. And so that's a lot of talking and communicating, etc. So when you get home, do you just switch off and listen to music or what do you do when you for fun and downtime? Uh, well, when I get home, if I still feel like I've got enough energy, um, I like to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, so I often cook dinner. We kind of share cooking arrangements at home. So between my wife and Laura and me, um, I'll, I'll often do some cooking. Um, maybe I'll hang, hang out and watch some TV or something like that, mostly a relaxing thing. Maybe I'll listen to some music or sometimes I'll go out and I still do a bit of music stuff. So um, I haven't done it for a little while, but I sing in a choir as well. So I might go to choir rehearsals and that's quite a nice way of relaxing and doing rehearsing, singing and stuff like that. And last year it would have been um, possibly we might be doing a concert. So if we're doing a concert, there'll be rehearsals. Um, and the weekend. The Essential Services Commission has a commitment to a healthy life, work-life balance and health and well-being. So how does the Commission live those values? Yeah, look, it's, it's become really evident. I guess one of the main things I've learned through living through COVID and managing through COVID is putting people's health and well-being first is so critical, both to just surviving but also to thriving, really, and challenges. Uh, in this such a challenging world. And so we've had a really active program around wellbeing that we really encourage um, people to participate in. Um, and that's um, been really popular and it helps people to kind of think about way, how they can focus teaching, helping people with meditation, that kind of thing. Um, it's always a challenge to kind of make sure, help people to kind of manage their work-life balance um, it's a never-ending battle when lots of things can be happening and when there's a lot of urgent things on. But, you know, we need to keep keep working at that, I think. And what about your weekly 10 at 10 sessions? Tell us about those. Ah, 10 at 10. Now it's 10 o'clock <laughs> for 10 minutes on Friday morning. Um, and it's when I get everyone together um, to just celebrate the achievements of the week, uh, welcome new people to the organisation and sometimes reflect on some of the things I've been learning uh, in the in the last little while through my own leadership development. Um, and I like to bring everyone together just for a short time so people feel connected as an organisation and it starts with me playing a little bit of music to try and capture what I feel is the spirit of the moment um, and to try and bring people together. And it's, it's just something I've done in my leadership role um, in various forms. I've branded it in different ways over the years for probably... probably uh, 10 years now. Um, in my previous job, I used to call it the weekly thing because I couldn't think of a title for it. I said, <laughs> well, if we just go to the weekly thing, uh, and then it'll be fine. But 10 at 10 was my latest version of it because it was a nice snappy it's concept. Catchy. And yeah. you know when it is and you know how long it's going to be. So yeah. that's not too much of a commitment, but it's enough to stay connected and celebrate as an mm. organisation. And it receives quite, there's a, a lot of engagement in that. Oh, yeah, it's great. And we have, people with their gifts in the chat uh, mm. thing and uh, really welcoming culture associated with it. With the new people, they get welcomed and they put on their video for a bit, say hi, and, you know, people are really friendly. It so creates a good tone for the organisation, I think. So what would you say to anyone thinking of applying for a role at the Commission? 
apply. <laughs> Number one, <laughs> it's easy. Apply for the job. That'll be great. Um, we'd love to have you. Um, look, the commission is a really interesting place to work. There's some really important issues that make a difference for the community. And if you come and work at the commission, uh, you'll see that the, the effect and impact of your work. Um, secondly, um, the organisation is really welcoming and friendly. And that's a consistent message that I get whenever I talk to newcomers. That's something they say when I come, people share, they welcome us, they don't hold information, they share and they help you out. Um, so it's an easy place to start out and it's a very welcoming place. Um, the third interesting thing about the commission is um, there's a lot of accessibility to decision makers. Um, so I always make a commitment to try and meet with every new starter and have a sort of coffee with a group of new starters for everyone who starts. And if you come and doing a piece of work for our commissioners, you'll meet our commissioners and you'll be able to brief them. Um, so it's a really great access to decision makers, which is really good for your professional development. Um, and there's some really intellectually challenging things if you're good at data, if you're good at economics, if you're really interested in engagement. Um, there's, there's something for everyone at the commission. Fabulous. It's a great place to work. <laughs> well, thanks for your time today, John. It was great talking to you. No worries. Want to know more about us? Visit esc.vic.gov.au forward slash careers to find out what it's like to work for the Essential Services Commission and see our latest career opportunities. <laughs>